Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Show podcast. I'm flying solo once again uh, on this episode and on the podcast intro, uh, as Patrick is still on parental leave. Um, enjoy this episode where we uh, recapped the 2022 Thea's Summit and Awards with uh, Brian Morrow and Monet Rooney. And also enjoy my uh, unhinged rant about uh, Epcot and downtown Disney. Well, hello and welcome everybody to the Untitled Themed Entertainment Design Show episode 71, where we are going to recap the TEA Summit and the themed entertainment awards so very excited for that with our guests uh we're bringing Bra bringing back our previous guests from the summit preview uh brian morrow and Monet rooney and we're very excited to have them on um i'm your host andy garfield uh patrick is still out on paternity leave uh taking care of his new small human which is very exciting we're very happy for them so uh, briefly, I want to uh, go over the news, the themed entertainment news. I think one of the most exciting things is the Guardians coaster at Epcot uh, is in previews and see people seem to be really enjoying that. I, I'm trying to avoid spoilers. I managed to avoid like 90% of spoilers for Rise of the Resistance and boy, am I glad I did because I had a great time the first time I went on it. It was awesome. Uh, other news, uh, Legoland Korea opened to the public uh, yesterday, our time, today, uh, yesterday, you know, Monday, maybe it was Saturday. Anyway, but uh, I think that's really exciting uh, for Merlin and Legoland. You know, more Legolands, the better. And uh, Let's see what else. Um, all the uh, some of the nighttime spectaculars are back at the Disney Disneyland Resort. World of Color is back, and the fireworks are back. So that's exciting. I'm excited to go back and see World of Color. Uh, I missed it on the uh, the preview night uh, that uh, was at the summit. So anyway, the other thing I want to talk about is some of this new art that has been released. Uh, Charlie, you could bring that up, or Trevor, whoever's pulling the strings back there the downtown disney let's start with downtown disney so like you know i, I think everybody's seen this by now if you're watching the show you know um that downtown disney is going through a major transformation uh regarding uh tearing out the amc theaters in the earl of sandwich and um reimagining that area and apparently a great portion of the rest of the downtown disney as well and they're going for this what they call mid-century modern kind of look i think they think it's oh it's that this is i think the most egregious one like i posted on my facebook thanks i hate it that's supposed to be the ralph brennan's jazz kitchen and currently the ralph brennan's jazz kitchen is a pretty highly themed you know restaurant you know it looks you know it's it tries to you know sell a narrative and you know some sort of verisimilitude of of like you are in new orleans and at this jazz kitchen and you know they have you know the dueling pianos and whatnot and all kinds of wrought iron work on the balconies and you know it's fun and there's you know you know decor all over and it's painted to look you know sort of like new orleans and you know it's recent decent facsimile but then so for whatever reason disney has decided to strip out all the theming of that and turn it into this SketchUp model restaurant, which I hate. I think that it's terrible and embarrassing. And, you know, I do have it on good authority, though. I mean, everybody's like, oh, Disney Imagineering is, you know, has no imagination left anymore. It's like, well, you know, I think part of it is that it's not that they don't have any imagination anymore. I think they just don't have any architects left anymore because I know that, I have it on good authority that Imaginary didn't design this or the new Epcot one that's coming up. Uh, it's been designed. These have all been designed by outside design firms. But at someone at Disney Parks and Resorts had to at some point look at these renderings and be like, you know what? This is fine. It's fine. 
let's let's go with this. And then so the next one you got the Paradise Pier, which instead of just tearing it down and starting over, which is what they should do because this resort is hopelessly outdated in terms of the size of the rooms and the amenities and the way that it flows and the guest flow and like just the 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 fact that it's this, you know, really sort of badly designed from from the get-go kind of hotel like i don't know anybody who stayed there that's had a nice time you know they're going to turn it into this pixar resort and you know this is supposed to be the lobby you know of this of a disney resort and not only does the rendering look like it was made by a high school student but that it was just it's just like what is this is is this like a lobby for babies it's very very strange um I don't understand this new kind of direction that that the parks and resorts are going for some of these new projects. I just you know, sound off in the comments if if you agree or disagree, or you know have some sort of other alternative explanation. I don't know. Bring up the Epcot stuff. So the Epcot stuff. Uh, when I saw, so like in conversations with friends. Uh, you know, years and years ago when like all the talk was like that they're going to like redo Future World at Epcot and it's going to be completely re- rethought and redesigned. And then something like this came out and I was like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, it looks cool. It's expensive, you know, and it's unexpected, you know, wow, a second level. And like, you know, I think that's really cool. And I mean, I thought that like, you know, when you reimagine Future World, because, you know, the future is very different from our perspective than it was in the 70s when this was designed, originally designed and built, you know, um, I thought like, oh, wow, would it be really cool if like there were these beautiful gardens? And then like, I thought like maybe like a theater for like, for like, like TED Talks and things like that, where you could like actually enrich yourself, you know, with, with new and interesting information about the world, you know, technology and science and and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be a really great direction for future world. We got some of that. Go to the next slide with the, the yeah, so like, okay, so great. It's going to be a giant garden, which is nice. I think that's really nice. Uh, you know, some shade space there eventually when the trees grow in. And then go to the next slide. You can kind of see, no, that's for the next one. Yeah, so, and then there's this stage. So you're going to break up this beautiful, tranquil garden with, with like, downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street experience kind of festival stage. It's just like, okay, all right. It's just, uh, I don't know. I just, let's do one or the other. Turn Epcot into Coachella or make it, like, a garden experience. I don't know. I don't understand it. Again, comments, please. Let me know what you think. Um, if you agree or disagree or any other ideas that that you know that you would have liked to have seen in the Epcot reimagining I don't know so all right so that's the end of my rant I just I just have a big problem with a lot of these new ideas and direction that's got I'm not I'm not even an Epcot purist I just want something good for the parks I just that's it that's the end of my rant so let's bring on our guests to talk about uh the summit and the Thea Awards there's Brian Morrow. <laughs> Have you recovered from my rant? <laughs> yep. It was it 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 was something. <laughs> I just I just you know I look at those renderings and I'm just like oh my gosh what are you doing what are you doing? I don't know. It's you know I get budgets and all that but like. Mm, mm. Well, if uh, oh so Monet dropped out, so I guess we'll get back to her. Where'd she go? Uh, when she's when she's back. Oh. She popped on. Well, anyway, we you and I could talk. Yeah. So, like, um, so I, you know, I was the music director of the Thea Awards again for like the eighth year. And so I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get to there. She is. Here's the Monet. Hello. Hi. So, we, we, I was saying, like, I didn't get to go to the summit because I was working on the show. We, you know, we do rehearsals and load in on Thursday and Friday, and then we do the show on Saturday. So, I wasn't there for any of it. I know what it is. I've attended it in the past, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the best events that the TEA puts on every year. It's one of my favorites, especially for the case studies. It's very interesting. I think that, uh, especially, you know, uh, it's, I think it's great for everybody. But uh, especially, I think, you know, for up and coming theme entertainment uh, professionals to sort of get a really good insight into how attractions are developed and produced. So why don't, why don't you guys tell me 
your impressions of the summit and how you think it went, and then we'll go into some detail. I, yeah, I vote for I, Monet to go first. It was our first okay. one. <laughs> it was my first time. I will say overwhelmed with excitement, and there was a lot of energy. Um, and just anytime this industry comes together, it, it's exciting to learn from one another and grow. I've had a very unique um, intersection into this inter industry, so I really appreciated it, especially being my first time. The case studies were so incredibly valuable for me, just getting more immersed into this industry and having an understanding of what goes into projects, the different variations of projects, um, what a limited budget is in this industry as well, even though it's still millions and millions of dollars. That was really interesting. And just the methodology and how every team and project comes to fruition and being able to listen in on the case studies and getting that behind the scenes. I agree, Andy. I think everybody, I wish everybody had the opportunity to go um, because it would be so valuable. It doesn't even matter what stage of your career you're at. We should always stay curious and hungry and, and be forever learners so that we can put that into our experiences. And I think this is a great example of that. Yeah. I, and the opposite view is I've been to many of these, um, but I was still very excited because it's been like two years since we were live together. So it was highly refreshing to turn my brain into the, um, uh, what's your name again? Because I haven't seen you in so long. I know you, but I forgot your name. That happened quite a bit. Um, but from the project standpoint, it was very refreshing to hear from, you know, I find a couple things fascinating. There's the extreme of the mega billion dollar projects, right? And then there's the other extreme of the, you know, less than a million dollar projects, which mm -hmm. I find equally fascinating. Um, what was what was great um, from my standpoint is um, as the host of day two, actually the day before day two, Thursday night, we rehearse in the presentation hall and we do a fast tech run through. And we actually meet everybody for the first time, handshake and everything. And so it was it was really a, um, a, a great chance to meet people that I hadn't seen or ever met before. That's what the TEA, the theas are about. It's just not about the big named theme parks or operators winning awards, people that you've never heard of or met or knew or places that you knew existed, like the mining museum uh, up in Canada. You never knew that existed. And it was fascinating um, how they're telling stories in compelling ways, uh, which are, you know, getting excellence of achievement awards, et cetera. So, so it's really refreshing uh, from that standpoint. Um, also, it was, it was, I heard from my team at a few of my BMP team there, they were just excited because they got to sort of reconnect and rethink about work again, because it's been a while since we've just casually been around each other like that for an extended period of time, which was about three full days that we we're with that group in and out of social settings and meetings and things. And, and being able to see the other people and meet other folks in the creation world and making world and hear from them was really refreshing for a lot of my team members. And I'm trying to fix my glasses. They feel crooked. Or, is that my ears? I don't know what's making me nuts. No, you're right. You're right. I have to agree. It's, uh, you know, I, I, in the time uh, directly before the show and after the show, it was it was so great to to sort of reconnect with so many people and see everybody in person. Um, and it was uh, it, it's so nice because I, I, there's so many people in the industry that I really like and I enjoy their company and I enjoy working with them. I enjoy chatting with them and and uh, you know having not been to any of these these in person events for several years now. Like you know I think the last time for me was at IAPA 2019. You know that's coming up on three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and I mean even simple things of like some of the passion projects or even TTV, Andy, we've had several conversations to be able to just give you a hug and say hi was even nice to be able to connect it in that way. And having spaces like that to do so, you know, is so important and enriching for all of us, not just past our professional, you know, experience and, and needs uh, for going to the awards or summit. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you know, this is a business, you know, if you're, if you're not in it, you know, you should learn that it's a business built on relationships, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, 
you work closely with people for sometimes many years on projects. And um, the way that you get projects for me, at least, is building personal relationships with people, building trust and and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, seeing each other in person and breaking bread and, you know, having drinks and chatting for extended periods of time about, you know, personal and professional lives, you know, it, I think is, is crucial to the development of, of the industry and one's career. No, absolutely. And another bonus, um, it, even though it was my first year, we also got to partner with Medici and Warner Brothers and Whitewater and give eight emerging professionals, they're either students or those who have already graduated trying to get into this industry. And even it being my first time and seeing it through their eyes as well, it was so, it was incredible. And there were so many comments afterwards and, and chats that we had where they had kind of given up a little bit or were losing hope of getting into this industry. And it was, uh, you know, refreshing and re-energizing for them to continue working hard, staying curious and in that forever learner um, and are now chatting with people. I've been touching base with some of them this week are now chatting with potential uh, prospects for employment, which makes me so happy um and that all happened through the summit and through the awards and seeing the diversity and recognition of people with the catalyst awards this year i can't be more thankful that this was my first year and to see it grow and become even a, a better opportunity for all of us to come together i'm i'm just i was thrilled yeah, I agree. I think I think this was a really great year, a really great selection of awards to come back to from being away for so long. It was funny how in twenty twenty, the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one awards, even though they were awarded, but we didn't, you know, have a show or a summit to speak of the use of the virtual one. You know, it was the usual suspects, you know, Galaxy's Edge and you know Warner Brothers World and and you know, all, all the usual Disney Universal suspects, you know, winning all the awards, you know, this year was like, I think a really great, diverse group of award winners. Like you said, the Mining Museum, which I'd never heard of, you know, working on the show, you know, I, I actually do quite a bit of research and learn a lot about the attractions and watch videos and all that kind of stuff. And it was really, really fun to like really learn about some of these uh, things that I'd never heard of, like, you know, the level 99 um, experience out in Boston mm -hmm. uh, was just something I probably would never have 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 even considered or visited. It was really cool to to learn about all these different, you know, attractions all over the world. These you know little regional parks with these cute little dark rides and whatnot. It's just it's awesome. It's I I love the I love that whole weekend. You know, to learn about all this kind of stuff. No. Um. No. There's actually there was a photo. Speaking of Trevor and Charlie of the recipients, if we did want to show that. Um, there yeah, they there they are. There is a spotlight moment just making sure, you know, when you are an emerging professional, one of the biggest challenges is networking. It's something so crucial for this industry. But, you know, when you're kind of getting your, you know, your legs, you know, and, and moving around and trying to figure out, you know, who you are, how you want to present yourself, and then taking that courage and the leap to to then introduce yourself we kind of flipped it where we told them to told everybody in the room in this moment go introduce yourself tell them the company you work for and chat with them so we can break down that barrier so it could be more inclusive and supportive of of their needs and it was like i said it was incredible um i've all i've touched base with most of them since then and they're still on cloud nine i i sent a few your way too brian they i got some new linkedin invites yeah. <laughs> yes, I well, well they were inspired a little bit by some of the flair that we 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 did with our shoes and they were like Oh, we should have like a fashion segment. Of yeah. the we need a fashion reporter next year at the whole event. But back to that image, uh, you know, I think it was a it was a I know it was a theme that that the Callus Awards, myself and Monet uh, and Free, we were repeating often. Others did somewhat, but I think it was a big story thread for our our two days together uh, and me on stage even. And Monet, when you were on stage as well, even at the actual the awards when you presented the award to the indigenous people museum that was one you did right yeah 
yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 it's about shining light on people. And it went and I I try to move some of the narrative uh, beyond just like us as creators needing to you know we we have to work on a, a larger diversity pool of backgrounds and people and experiences into our um, and education levels and which is something I'm very focused on into our. Our, our organizations, but also our audience themselves. So a lot of time, um, you know, talking about the whole audience and designing for that whole audience is a lot of what, what uh, the Catalyst Award winners were even talking about, about seeing everybody and representing them in the work that you do. And it's it's a big challenge, um, but I, I took the time, even Monet too, um, I kind of poked around at some other uh, like-minded uh, design studios and I'm seeing the language showing up, which is great. Um, and, and we're working on our, our whole section of our website to, dedicated to it um, in design to share some best practices. Cause we're very, we're, we're still, we, we know it exists. We know we need to do it, but we've, we've got to, we've got to even do better. So, um, so it's, it's, it was exciting to see that conversation being said and being received in a way that that wasn't like oh this again you know mm -hmm. so it was it was really great um, I think from a from a sh shining the light on individuals and everyone and I even took it down to the credits it, these are important because it is the one time and this is one of the few awards I found out in the world that actually provides a full credit list uh, with the award so um, everybody whatever their contribution was to the project in the credit list um, are recognized um, in the program and online and and et cetera et cetera some are on stage of course so it's a really important moment to give recognition um, to all people that work on all the projects just not the people on stage so it's um kind of I felt like we kind of got some work done there. I think it felt good. Um, I think there's a lot more work to do, but um, but all sort of lined up really nicely, especially with those scholarships that were given to those uh, emerging professionals. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and I I have to say, like, to jump in because you you're talking about people. Day one was you know. There was a roundtable. We had some other discussions to help from like an executive level and leadership. And then we transitioned into the Catalyst Awards and just the the night and day of that conversation was great. It set it up perfectly for day two. Yeah, there, there they are. Is, yes, there's free. She moderated. She's also the chair now this year for the awards. Sila who works for Prime Access Consulting, and then Carmen Smith, who works for um, Disney. Um, and just hearing them talk wait, was so valuable. I would love for everybody to have access to that. Um, and just a great stepping stone to day two, where we're recognizing people and their accomplishments through their projects, through the case studies um, and education. So just talking about, you know, inaccessibility from Sila's standpoint, uh, you might not be able to tell or know, but Sila is blind. Um, and the work that he's been doing, he has all sorts of uh, national awards, uh, worked on incredible projects, museum space, currently working with the Obama Foundation um, and putting their library together and making sure that's done in not only in an accessible way um, for everybody to be able to enjoy no matter what. And one of the things that even though I speak with Sila at least once a month, if not more, he said it wasn't about us and the inaccessibility, but the environment is inaccessible and challenged us as creators of what we're going to do. He still doesn't have a favorite experience in this industry, and we need to push back, push past what we know and create for even more. And even being in the big break space and knowing all this stuff, I was so inspired to hear that chat. And then just hearing him and Carmen go back and forth from their personal and professional experiences and through their perspective, how we have moved forward, but there's still a lot of work to do. And I'm glad that, you know, there were a lot of executives and leaders and um, creators in that space who have the autonomy to be able to do that. So I'm, interested in the next year to kind of see the progress there from that, that challenge but also to see 
what this legacy as a Catalyst Award is going to end up being for industry. Yeah, it's great. I love the, uh, the, the the Catalyst Award is, I think, a really fantastic addition to the awards and the the weekend the weekend general and the whole summit experience. Well, let's 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 back up in time a little bit to let's let's talk about day one. And I, I know there's been there's been some controversy controversy about some of the things that that happened and, and the way day one kind of went. And you know, I don't I don't want to you know like. Uh, I don't want to put anybody on blast about it necessarily, but like, you know, I mean, we we could you know touch on some of the uh, the issues that that you and other people may have had with the way things were handled on day one. Yeah. So um, for the roundtable, for the most part, like I love the representation. There is uh, uh, from diversity of age and then location and just like experience, but I think. There were some things that that were said that that hurt individuals and just perceptions are furthering negative stereotypes or perceptions of certain um, people from emerging professionals getting into this industry and kind of what young people are doing today versus kind of globalization. Should we be you know, globalizing this industry right now um, after a pandemic, after there's so many jobs you know, still needing to be filled, and now we're expanding in other countries that may not be safe or inclusive um, for people within this industry who already are working in this industry um, to to go to. So there's some opportunities there. Yes, um, in, from even a less controversial standpoint, the roundtable was good. I'm glad that we could discuss real life things, but there there wasn't a solution. There wasn't there wasn't um, transparency or vulnerability, even if we don't know what the solutions are 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 yet. There, I kind of left. I was left with like my hands up after the end of the roundtable. Was like, well, what do we do next? Yes, I know we just got out of a pandemic. Yes, we have the Great Resignation going on. There's a war overseas that not everybody is paying attention to supply chains. There's all these things that we've all experienced, but. There was nothing where, like, we as a company have been doing this and it's been helpful or, you know, we are starting to look at the intersections of other industries and the pros and cons of what they're doing in regards to sustainability and governance and, and economy. And we're going to start taking some of these lessons or doing case studies there to see if it can can work. And I, I would just challenge the TEA for next year. If we are going to do a roundtable, you know, bringing either the audience in to help, you know, craft those solutions together or offering some best practices or questions to prompt uh, forward thinking. What are we going to be doing next? Um, that's just my my, my personal opinion. Um, otherwise, day one was great. Um, I will say I, I missed the keynote, but I, I heard good things. Um, but if um, there's also opportunity there it, with a keynote speaker, finding somebody who may not look like the rest of this industry, who wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity um, traditionally in this space to be able to talk to us. Um, and once again, things that might be enriching that we don't already know from like other industry standpoints so that we can bring them into what we do on a daily basis. Oh. Yeah, and I'll add from day one, you said plenty there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, um, from, from, it was really interesting also um, from day one, there was an interesting conversation uh, about succession, which I, I find fascinating. Um, it, succession meaning um, uh, some of the leg. So we're, our industry is very, uh, it, it's got kind of a couple, a couple fit clear, you know, chunks of time in, in it. And, and you're looking at sort of the second generation of business owners that creative studios and et cetera, like the, like the Phil Hedema's and the, and the Jack Rouse now run by Keith um, at JRA that are, that are, um, you know, at the, at the, at the point in their careers where they don't want to operate and own the whole studio completely. So what happens in that succession planning? And this was a conversation I think happened, they mentioned happened in TEA uh, at, a, at a summit 
um, four or five years ago with Al Cross uh, from PJV and talking about, do you want a boat or do you want, uh, you want to, you want a legacy or a boat or something like that? Like, yeah, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, how do you exit out of your company um, and how do you leave it? And, how, and it was a lot of talking about finding the right. And there was also, um, who else? It was brilliant fabrication Roto Studios, right? Really interesting combination of you're seeing different firms come together in different forms, which I, I find fascinating to watch as the industry sort of um, unsilos itself a little bit is a good way to think of it. Um, there's there's a lot of pros to what's happening. I think there's also maybe some cons um, that could happen. I don't know. We'll see what happens as it goes. But this is this is a cycle. Uh, industries collapse and expand um, often. And we're in a really interesting part of our our moment. I call it the moment in time for us. And I don't know what we're going to call this 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 era, uh, you know, the platinum area, but there's like there's plenty of work as we reband expansion growth and, and work for all studios and around the world um, as everything comes back to life. And but there's also like at the same moment of time, legacy companies that are sort of coming together to form like the mega companies, right? And so they'll be able to certainly service this new work that's coming out very well um I, I would imagine uh, but it's it's fascinating to watch um and it's surprising to see who's the next announcement of who's going to be um you know partnering or acquiring or buying or or combining forces together um it's 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 quite fascinating to me to see it happen um, i can't wait to see what work work put out from that from those groups should be cool yeah, yeah i really agree uh it was uh you know uh it's it's really exciting to see a lot of these companies come together and and to consolidate talent and i think that that's uh it's going to be really amazing to watch what happens so let to let's to patrick's question patrick i i just imagine him at home holding his child as in you know, typing on the keyboard um uh, <laughs> but yeah so like i think maybe you get into a little bit more specifics about some of the uh what was said and and what wasn't said you know at that day one summit so specifically one of the things that i know really irked me i'm still an emerging professional yes i'm an executive director but from an age standpoint in this industry 33 is still considered an emerging professional um so we just i think we just need to be careful about um you know stereotyping young young professionals um, trying to get into this industry. And that was definitely a comment that got made. Um, and with that, I think, you know, there are biases. We all have them. Um, but one of the reasons why I personally use emerging professional instead of young professional is because there's a mentality that, you know, being young doesn't necessarily mean that you, you have everything um you have all the knowledge or experience to provide a service um so we i think just all need to be careful about you know our our language and wording i'm hopeful that the individual who made the comment um there were people who talked to them um and there was more intention afterwards but i know that a lot of people that I spoke to are brought up comments to me or in even in the chat through the summit were disappointed with. Um, and then there's just the, the other issue is and it's it's more of a challenge of like, where where do we do business? Yes, we want to expand as an industry, but this industry is made up of people. And if those people can't go to can't have the same access as other people um, traveling to other countries um, and opportunity because of those that they love or because of their personal belief system or who they are, we need to make sure that we're keeping that, that we're keeping that in the forefront of our mind as we expand, whether that's globalization or even expanding your company, um, you wanna make sure that your company is as open and, and safe and as inclusive as possible. And some of the decisions that we may be making now may be preventing us from diversifying our industry and being more inclusive in that space. And so that's what I was alluding to from the, the, the chat. Um, 
And then I Patrick is commenting. Uh, apparently, you're not on maternity leave. <laughs> no, he's on paternity leave. Paternity leave. Sorry, <laughs> paternity leave. Yeah, um, he, he can he can comment on the show, but he can't come on the show. I mean, <laughs> but, leaving me um, here to to go on my unhinged rants. No, so what I was referring to is the great resignation, and that's not just affecting this industry. That's in, in affecting employment throughout the world, really. It's more of a movement here in the United States, um, but it's it's employees pushing back, you know, holding companies accountable um, that it's not just we don't just need a paycheck. We need to have and we can't just be a number. We need more as employees. You as an employer want certain things from us. There's now a shift in, in in dialogue where employees are asking of their equally of their employers, whether that's from sustainability, pay equity, diversity, um, this work-life balance, mental health. There are so many different capacities. So I just encourage us all as an industry, wherever we grow and however we expand, that we think about everybody and who we could potentially be excluding in our comments or how we are looking to grow. I think that's a very, very wise and measured and uh, very generous way to uh, address some of the very snarky com uh, things that were said <laughs> at the T1 Summit about young people and emerging professionals and millennials in particular, uh, you know, not wanting to work or wanting to stay home and watch Netflix. I mean, I appreciate your your thoughtful and kind response to that sort of, I think, really some really unfortunate and inappropriate things that were said out of pure i'm sure ignorance not out of spite i would hope you know by certain people um you know again i wasn't there i just i read about it secondhand um and on twitter and you know i i was surprised and disappointed to to hear that those some of those things were said uh at what's supposed to be a uplifting and enriching day one of the summit what Lord Andy, tell me, did anybody say anything about what I said on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. I didn't read anything about that. Good. Brian, you already know. <laughs> I had eight hours to put my foot in my mouth. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. By, by all accounts, you, you were both great. Yeah. And, well, and speaking of that, let's move on to day two, because I think, like I said, it started out, you know, a little iffy, and then we went into the Catalyst Awards, which was absolutely inspiring and uplifting, which set the tone for day two. And I'll let you kind of take it away, Brian, because you, you, well, you really skipped were... over my favorite part, which was the I mean, it's not often in your life that well, I've done it before, but at this event, you have lunch out on the lawn in between Disneyland Hotel and the park, or I mm -hmm. guess what used to be AMC and then uh and it's like under umbrellas and it's artificial turf so it looks like a movie set it's got mm -hmm. big theatrical lighting they're serving you lemonade and iced tea and barbecue I'm like oh, this is exactly the vacation you want to have here you know yeah like a backyard <laughs> barbecue at Disneyland it was fantastic but with um, 500 of your closest friends yeah which was, I enjoy because you get to sit down with uh with people that you might not typically get to sit and talk absolutely with, so. yeah so it's a lot of fun, but the uh, on day two it was it was really a focus on I called it ex it's the awards are called they're excellence awards of achievement is you know that's literally what they're called and so I turned the day into um, kind of Luke Luke was our was our leader and sort of the, the the chairman elect for the awards that year and and he had kind of already organized the day in these story blocks which was great and I kind of took all that and, and formed it into what the day would be about and it was organized as excellence of projects and people and the people part I added in because it literally was about the people on the stage but also the people that made the projects and the people they're making the projects for right people are why all this stuff exists um and we don't make it just to sit and not ever open that's not the point of any of this work that we do so um 
so it was excellence in projects and people and and i think i was able to sort of set the tone really really great at the beginning and because it started with nature uh with the uh, zoological um and conservation-based attractions that was singapore night safari and uh, and the fort uh fort worth zoo so that those were great starting blocks uh for us and a, and a great story margaret Kirsten was the was the host for that and she used to be she was previously an imagineer show writing pre pre-pandemic and now she's emerged as with the world's greatest title that i will get wrong so if she listens to this i'm sorry but it has to do with uh lead story development of experience design for airbnb what a, and that's the fascinating thing is look at the crossover that's occurring from the talents sort of and she used to work at brc and then imagineering i think she had another step in her career but then now at airbnb writing stories for them um for their their experiences beyond just you know that they're expanding beyond just the rental idea like the night it's getting a this bigger experience they're starting to develop an airbnb super fascinating uh conversation and and human uh, upon say sharing her life story and stuff with her so so i think day two worked really well and it was really a celebration and, and the joy that i get from day two are the are the individuals that don't can't really believe they're there is maybe the right like this is it feels surreal to them like how did i get from our little tiny project to this stage um you know we didn't we didn't plan on this and that was like the indigenous people museum were quite surprised and and thrilled to have to have been awarded uh, the boom uh mining museum up in britannia was was fantastic it was they were lovely people that like it was the first time ever being in a situation like that and they had worked on their project i think for five years or set or longer trying to get fun scrapping together pennies uh to kind of put their project together and it was a fantastic experience that they developed so that's really the thrill for me is watching those folks shine. Um, and of course, you know, the, I think everybody has a personal favorite, Monet can tell hers. My personal favorite is the Boom Museum, but also I, I, I couldn't stop being either um, fascinated, entertained, or like completely horrified by the Stuntronic. <laughs> and, and anybody knows what that thing is. You've seen it, they, you know, Disney released these great videos. We found out, here's a little, for those that weren't there, they, they told us on stage, I can say it again, but they, they, they released all those videos of the Stuttronic and their R&D lab um, because they started testing it outside and behind their lot, which has a view of the DreamWorks, can see into the backside of whatever lot Disney was using over in, in I guess, Glendale. And they, um, <laughs> and they, uh, they, they, they said they released their videos before people from DreamWorks did, cause they kept seeing the, the, the Stuntronic flying up and over this, this building, um, which was really crazy. So, but they were, they were a joy to watch. And I think even Morgan, who was one of the inventors, uh, the mechanical engineer of record, if you will, or the, the main lead engineer for the Stuntronic uh, is, a young, um, you know, I have no idea how old he is, but this was kind of the the first time he had ever done something like this. And the story of how they fell into the project, and it was never like no one ever said, "Hey, go make this thing." They just started putting together seed money, and they ended up making a thing. And then uh, the the lovely piece of it was it's it's now an Avengers campus at Disneyland, uh, but they said it was like there was no proof it would work um until actually right like close to the avengers land open the campus opening um so it was it was fascinating that disney even took a leap you know they had a backup plan they said in case it didn't come to fruition they had a different show idea but the whole thing facility was built for this show to occur and all the support for it um it was it was a fascinating discussion because it's 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 talking about experiences that are not rides right and i think that's what was fascinating for me the non-ride conversation uh the the level of gameplay at nintendo world super fascinating that wasn't just on the ride but in the land really fascinating uh to hear from that team and neil was one of the uh, game designers and tom from ati it was just it was fascinating to hear them talk and then um uh, I've been to Night Safari, so I understood what it was completely. It's fantastic. But the Boo Museum and the Indigenous People Museum, just beautiful experiences um, that I just wasn't expected to be that moved by is a good good word. I wasn't expected to be moved by the robot. I It was like, oh, it's a robot. That's what they do. They do animatronics. That's their, They're the best at it, right? I get it. But I was like moved by it because of the story of how it was created, not because of what it could do. Um, yeah. But it was, and, and also when it got like, 
hung in the rafters and broken to pieces. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that video that they put together uh, where they just start with the plank of wood, you yeah. know, it's just, just swinging that. It's like, let's see yeah. what happens. And like, okay, well, two planks of wood hinge together. What happens then? It's just, yeah, and then developing that all the way to this articulated animatronic that tucks and rolls and turns and twists and changes the center of gravity yes. and all that you know, the, the the development story of that was was really and, amazing to watch as well yeah and i'll i'll end with um the amount of openness we were seeing uh, so as an industry like five six years ago it was like people would go on stage and they would only be allowed to share um it was very uncommon for builders and, and vendors to be, even sit next to the operators ever. Um, it was yeah. like a big secret that, you know, you couldn't, they wouldn't be able to talk together. And, and it's really fascinating. Now the industry is opening it. I think it's all about the, the creation process is, is changing in our industry a little bit and seeing them sit together was great. Also seeing the, even the bigger operators speak very freely um, about, about how things happen. And here's how many times we crash this thing, right? We're not afraid to show you. We hung in the rafters once. It 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 it's fell on. It, it breaks a million times, right? It's it's fascinating to watch them go through their failures, and that's a lot of um, next year. I, I hope to be doing day two as well. I'll I'll probably push a little harder for more of the what didn't work because sometimes folks are afraid to tell what doesn't work. I find it fast. I've done lots of things that didn't work, and I find them all fascinating. And I learned every single time from them in my career. So I think that'll be a. a uh, kind of a starting point for me next year with the various panelists is like, yeah, talk about your project, but let's also talk about what you learned. Uh, and because mm -hmm. that helps the industry as a whole get better. You can take from that relevant information and put it back into your your filing cabinets of your brain and use it later oh, when sure. you cross a similar path. It's, it's, it's useful data for us. Well, you've you've gotten to experience a, a taste of what what the re the whole reason I do this show with Patrick that we started doing the show and I continue to do it is, you know, sort of like the impetus behind every show is I want to learn something new. I want to learn something that I didn't know before and learn, you know, about the process and like learn about the successes and failures of different projects and processes and, and inventions. And, you know, like when, especially when people are trying things that, you know, they're not sure it's going to work, you know, and, you know, they do the work and they, they find out and they adapt and change. And it's, that's the most interesting stuff to me. And uh, the thing I love most about doing this show. And I will, I'll just say, even the, not just from an industry standpoint, I think it's important that we talk about failing forward. Um, you know, failure is, quote unquote, a negative thing. But, you know, that's where innovation and creativity come from. It's those failing forward moments, learning from them and then expanding. So I would. I agree, Brian. I want to see more of that. Um, great learning opportunity as well. Um, but I will. I, I love the different the different projects that that were awarded. Fort Worth Zoo. I was glad some of the questions got asked in regards to sustainability and you know and having animals in captivity and being able to talk through that a little bit, because I know some people may be on the fence about zoos and aquariums, but they are important from um, not only an educational standpoint, but all the conservation efforts that they're doing, all the research that they're able to do on these animals so that we as a society are able to conserve and making sure that we are sharing this earth and not destroying it, not for us and and others and animals um so having being able to have like dialogue like that was really awesome for us all to be able to hear and share in um i personally uh even though i presented on it roads to freedom was one of my favorite experiences just with their intention of making sure that we don't forget our past so that we don't repeat it. Um, and we're kind of seeing that happen. So it not only was, you know, an incredible project to award, but it, it's so timely. And I, I think we all kind of needed to hear that message with everything going on in Ukraine and just the 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 divide that you know we have within our country right now we have an opportunity as an industry to be a community community over competition learn from one another and move forward and fail forward together yeah and also we had like a lot of so you want to talk about 
we have a few minutes to talk about Saturday night prom. Oh no, we we have plenty of time. We have long as we okay. want. Yeah, yeah. We should show some of those prom photos. I, I <laughs> yeah. What did you guys think of the show? <laughs> but I, I loved it. I was even from rehearsal. <laughs> I was just it, everything looked gorgeous. I loved um, seeing Trevor even behind the scenes there as well. Um, our, uh, yeah, for those of you who weren't there, our producer, our co-producer on on this show, Trevor, uh, was uh, the assistant stage manager for the show. Uh, there's there's the group. <laughs> who, who are you with there? Oh, that's Cody and Miss Monet. Yep, yep. Yep. Cody's for my team. Oh, okay. Oh, this is Rick Athorn. So I, I've worked with Weta Workshop. He's from New Zealand from the Weta Workshop. So we know each other from way back in days. Um, and so it was, again, I hadn't seen this guy in like four years. And here he is mm -hmm. flying across from New Zealand to LA. So we got a little excited. That's yeah. awesome. I love your jacket too. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's not too much. I don't. I didn't know. And then this is never this is one of my favorites. Never so this too, is never too much, Brian. The, this yeah. is the beautiful part of this. And this is my. This is where I tell the story. I tell whenever I talk to any emerging talent or <laughs> or young professionals or any any next whatever you want to call them people, um, is never. You will always, always in this industry reconnect with the same people again and again mm -hmm. and again. This is my, this is our old SeaWorld. Remember Deep Blue Creative, that SeaWorld branded design studio. I was, you know, kind of helped great back in the day with Anthony Esparza and Joel Mamby as our CEO. This is a, these are the, a few of us that were just happened to be there. We're missing one, Janelle Picard. She didn't make, she was getting a drink. It was taking too long, but <laughs> this is like Kat Harrington. So she was in our studio. Me, there's Amanda. She works at my company now, which is great. Um, Eric Essek. I think a lot of you guys know, and that's Brett Wilkes, who is now um, a vice president in Legoland, California. So we all liked, and uh, Catherine, uh, Kat, <laughs> Catherine works now at, um, uh, she's at uh, Stantec, BOA Stantec, yeah. So everyone's just like, we all dissipate, but we always come back together. It was great to see everybody. So we, we call this a SeaWorld reunion photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about this industry is that like, very rarely will you see anybody like retire and then just disappear. Like people, you know, they-, they I've been trying. In this hmm? <laughs> Sorry? I've been trying to disappear oh. or retire. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I can't. Well, Amanda's upstairs and she said, good. <laughs> She's in the loft No, I, I, I love that pe people, people, people love working in this industry so much that they just like, just keep working until they're dead, basically. <laughs> no, pretty much. No, yeah, pretty much. Oh, there we I mean, are. That's again. my plan. <laughs> oh, there we are. You guys look yeah. great. I don't know what's happening. But no, Brian's table was right behind. Um, I was at the Medici table uh, with Daryl and Lathan, and it, but they were right behind, ha having a blast. And Brian was great, introduced us to some of um, you know his contacts and who he works with. Um, so it was just, it was great to see us all come together and really so in celebration. Yeah, my only yeah. I had two complaints. Okay, listen, here's my it's not about the show, it's about food. Uh, <laughs> number one, I cannot go to an award situation like this. And we have clients at our table. We had our Gaylord client there, and we had uh, Franklin Institute there with us, and then some of our team, and Nassel was also some of uh, Melissa Rumino was at our table with her boyfriend, and we were just like why are there not bottles of wine so like i had to go to the bar and i came back with like five bottles of wine that is yeah you were not alone in that like, now we're set for the rest of the show and then yeah number two they tried to pour me they tried to pour coffee while we're eating our steak monet we were no. eating our they like they started pouring coffee i had to, to kind of politely sue the guy away but um you don't pour, as as somebody who actually used to lead catering and events for programs like this, there's a run of show and coffee does not yeah. come until after dessert is. Finished. There it is. Yeah, there's everybody eating. So yeah, yeah it was so all delicious. It was just I just needed wine at the table. So yeah, so usually uh, in the before times, uh, there would be dozens and dozens of servers out there replenishing bottles of wine. But according to Disney, they did not have the staff to do that this year, so they oh. just didn't they didn't do it. I believe that. I, and Monet, you can speak. You were there, and we were all there. We, you could. It, I told everybody it felt like Disneyland was like 
months behind where Disney World and you still you feel the pinches at Disney World and Universal yeah. sometimes. I really every every touch point I had, you could tell there was there was staff. There was empty tables, but yet two hour waits for at restaurants. Well, this this was one of the first big events that the hotel has done uh, um, post pandemic. Yeah, well, I, then I, had I should a give them a little bit of runway for the fast coffee service. But yeah, <laughs> speaking of runway too, you mentioned uh, red carpet. I, I, sadly, there's no red carpet, and there hasn't been for a long time at the theaters. Right. Yeah, like would it kill them to like put a red carpet out in front of the entrance of the big step and repeat? You know, well, like everybody. Now, so so I I do hang out with the president of TEA and some of yeah. the the CEO. You know, they they are coming out of their their red of the yeah. pandemic you know it's a it's a it's a non-profit organization focusing yeah. on dues of the members so the first thing people didn't pay were dues to memberships when they didn't need them right i, yeah. I yeah. did uh i paid mine uh but the but the um they're coming out of it and they there's there's room to grow it um and sure. bring back some of that glamour pieces, i think have to come back uh, because yeah and then the, the next year maybe we get like george pinocchio out there doing like the rundown of the gowns yeah. and everything like that yeah, we need like some <laughs> like we need some some drag performers that will yes. like run us down like joan crawford's and yes all those people yeah yes 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 that would be amazing yeah. well I, just some of the scholarship recipients dave and tahara specifically they both had they either fashion is their passion or costume design and it was just they were like next year really to have this as a segment so i think there's some people who are willing to put some some work so that they're you know, TA doesn't have to incur that cost, so we can have a little more fun and um, and show off our flair and personality within within our outfits. But I I was really impressed. I didn't realize it until you know closer to the summit that the TA actual team none of them had ever done the summit or awards and was really relying. Or, you know, people like you, Andy, who had produced before, and Brian, who had participated, um, and all the volunteers to really put it together. And like I said, I, for my first year experience, it was absolutely fantastic. And I just hope that either I can contribute or help in any way to make it even better and better for future years. Definitely. I think as Brian said, there's a lot of room to grow for the, for that yep. for that team and, and the show to sort of like get you know, bring the glamour back to the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right I love the drag track. queen's idea. I love the drag queen's idea. Just well, like starting at, starting at people. Yeah, <laughs> it could be very, but I think photos would be, would be great. Cause yeah. there were some really imaginative and it's, it's interesting cause some folks come in very formal black tie tucks, top to bottom, all the trimmings, all the pieces of vests that come with that. And some come in, oh, who was the, I got to find his photo on LinkedIn. He works for Beaudry Interactive. Are you um, talking about, what is it, Alexis? Yes. Um, he, he was like best dressed as, and he had, he was giving oh, yeah. you like tux skirt situation. Um, oh, that, that was, um, um, uh, what's his, uh, from Michael yeah, Alex No, Alexis Cruz. Yeah, he uh, he's yeah. Uh, the, the husband of uh, from what's his face from Michael too. Is it? I don't I don't know. Um, Cliff uh, Warner. I don't know where he is. Yeah, Cliff Cliff okay. Cliff Warner's husband. Oh, oh, it is the guy with the tux the tux dress. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking yes, for him on LinkedIn. Cliff, right? Yeah, he's Cliff. Up. That's Cliff Warner. Cliff Cliff Warner's husband. That was fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it was, no, I didn't it, see him in person. I yeah. only saw the the photo. So I got a behind the scenes of him getting ready, actually, because I was in the um, B. Morrow production costume collection beauty suite. Uh, I got Very my nice. makeup. Yes, I got my makeup done there. They were absolutely Painted. fantastic. Wow. Yes. Painted for the gods and the awards. But he was actually getting ready, and it was uh, it was incredible. And I... Before I had left and I thought I would have more time, um, I actually reached out to a local drag queen here in Orlando to see if she could create something for me. She didn't have the time. She was working on a pageant. Um, but I'm excited for next year. And I yes, 
the fashion award let, let let's let's add that i'll, I'll I talk would, to you about it i would love to see the the theas become like a major glam opportunity for people to just go crazy i want to yeah. see like uh, beach blanket babylon level like hats with like you know castles and like roller coasters like bring it on let's have it uh, ma'am you're gonna have to sit in the back so, yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, when somebody approaches me to write BGM for their for their outfit, like we'll know we've made it. So that's exactly what we need. So yes. <laughs> oh, I have some sample tracks, Andy, for next year. <laughs> Brian, if you want to put my name out, we we'll we'll chat. <laughs> well, you guys, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us again and, and uh, wrapping up uh, about the show and the and the summit and everything like that. I think it was a, a, a overall a really fantastic event, and I I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, it's fun. Me this too. Is yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys so much. We'll see you again soon. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.